Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Levinio to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello once again, everyone out there. This is a Livigno to Levy podcast. It's been a while, it's been a bit of a break, but no worries, the action and fun continues. We are right now in this transitional period. The winter season is over, the summer's just around a corner. This is also what we often call the silly season. And a lot is happening right now. I mean, so many changes, so many interesting news, rumors. Uh, people are skiers are changing teams, new ones coming into the, the picture, some teams uh, finishing up and so forth. So we have a lot to talk about. This is the theme of our podcast today. I am your host, Teemu Virtanen, and I have two really interesting guests, former skiers, skiers, pro team athletes who actually retired after this season, but they both are still actively within Visma Ski Classic. So Anton Carlson and Eugen Muenfjeld, both from Team Lager 157. How are you guys doing right now? I mean, it's almost summer. The sun is shining, at least here in Finland. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Yeah, I've been uh, starting my new job. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Normally, I started summer training at 1st of May, but uh, this year was different. I started to work with the uh, Wismanski Classics. And how, how does it feel? I mean, now you don't have to train. I mean, you can train if you want to, but there's no really urge or need for you to do it anymore. Oh, it's a bit strange. I must, uh, I must admit that. Uh, it's different from my normal life. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm very happy right now. And I, see, I feel that I've made the right decision and uh, I'm ready to take on these new adventures. And then what about you, Irvin? Do you feel that it was the right decision? Uh, I'm a bit more uncertain. Uh, I uh, Right now, I'm, I, I have uh, had, a, uh, other to Anton, I've, I've had a, I've been, been a bit sad. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm a bit surprised about the feelings, but, uh, but I've, I've been a bit sad. Um, and sad that I uh, wasn't good enough or uh, wasn't strong enough to 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 continue. Uh, so uh, because it's it's always about uh, results and about uh, uh, with better results I would have more motivation and it would have been easier to get it uh, get it go around economically and everything. So uh, so that is my uh, my perspective on things. So I think it's a bit different. So since you're feeling that, it's a bit of a sadness. I, I think it's a bit of a natural feeling, of course, when you finish anything, or finish a career, you know, or move to other arenas. But do you think that there could have been a chance that you uh, continued? I mean, should you should you come back? <laughs> yes, I was, I, like I have been on Vasa on the Vasa Vasa uh, the the Lager One Five Seven Swedish podcast and. And they asked me the same question, question, and I said that, that the comeback can be possible. Uh, I, I'll uh, in a year. I'll if I hate my job and I uh, I uh, really still regret, uh, I can come back. But, uh, but I have made a decision, and and that is, 
I think I've done this for 20 years and and um, I think it's natural that that I get some reaction uh, from not doing it anymore. It has been a, the biggest part of my life, uh, the big part of my life for 20 years and now I'm I'm finished. So so if if I'm not feeling a little bit sad or or uh, yes, I'm sad about it. Uh, that then it hasn't me- meant uh, enough. So so I I of course, but but yes, I come back uh, in a year or two or three. I'm I'm still uh, only thirty three. So so it's not, I, I will not uh, put it out outside any possibility. But uh, but I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean a break could do you well. I'll do you good. Uh, yes. Look look at Marit Björgen. Yes, I don't think it's any problem from the physical point of view. Uh, getting a year of break and training, uh, training is is the fresh. Uh, it's it's, it's um, you have to three four months of not training and you are really bad, and three four months of good training you are getting up to this almost the same level as you had. Anton can talk about that with his back uh, this winter. So. Yeah, Anton. How does it feel when you when you listen to your uh, uh, former teammate uh, and uh, kind of from that perspective that he that Irvin is a bit uncertain about his decision? You seem to be kind of firm that this is what you wanted to do and this is it. This is your decision. Yeah, because uh, I took the decision last fall and that it was my last winter, so I think I had have had some more time to to manage and uh, think about think it through. I think. Uh, that even made his decision after the after the season, if I'm right, or or even. Yes, yes, part, partly. Uh, uh, partly, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a bit different. But uh, I can't I can't say that I'm happy, happy, happy. I'm not that because it's a big change, and change is uh, is challenging. So yeah, but uh, for me as well, skiing has been all my grown life, like so. Uh, it's a big difference, but I, uh, I think that I had have, have had some great opportunities here with uh, Wisman starting as a sport manager. So that uh, is my main focus now, and therefore I'm very happy about that. And you're right about that. I mean, you always need a, a new avenue to to channel your energy and and everything. And you have this maybe even you haven't found that yet, kind of where you can yeah. channel your energy and and find a new challenge. No, that is a, right now. I have, I I have a big challenge in 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 uh, Magnus. My son, he's uh, he's becoming eight months on uh, nine months on uh, on uh, Monday. So so uh, we are. I'm on uh, maternity leave, uh, or is it uh, is it uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm watching him. Uh, so that is my job at the moment, and that is really hectic and uh, and really much work. So so I'm not uh, I'm not uh, lazy, uh, sleeping long hours and stuff like that. So so that is not a problem, but. But you get we are doing long walks in the uh, with the carriage and and uh, we we have um, uh, I have a lot of time to think uh, so and and reflect on things so that is maybe a bit of the uh, thing that I'm not doing a, a work and it's like a little bit of a vacuum right now so so that is maybe some part of why I am feeling uh, a bit sad. Uh, but uh, but I have Magnus and he is a g- great joy and and that is also some of the reason uh, why I'm I'm retiring to 
to to be able to spend as much time as I can with him. I mean, raising a child is a huge undertaking, and uh, I know I know how it yes. goes. But that's <laughs> definitely gonna have you be you're gonna be busy and have your hands you know <laughs> full. Yes. Uh, yes. But good. Uh, before we uh, start talking about the silly season and and all these changing changes taking place. Let's uh, stay in the topic a bit, uh, the retirement, finishing up careers. It seems to me that this season might have been a bit of an end of an era because so many skiers decided to do what you guys did, uh, you know, just announce their the reti- retirement. Katarina Smutna, Peter Eliasen, Eli Moulin, Andres Homberry, so forth, many, many skiers. Do you see the same way or was it? Maybe partially do the corona that I kind of paved the way for a good goodbye. Uh, maybe I I will I would like uh, for from my from my part corona had really very little to do with the with the retirement. Uh, uh, but maybe for for some it's it's been a strange season with uh, with uh, less contact between teams, less contact with fans, less. Uh, spectators, more lady, fewer races, uh, more uh, uh, quieter in the start, in the finish. Uh, for for persons that are uh, outgoing and like to to chat with others, with other teams, to have contact with fans, for those maybe the season can have have been felt a bit uh, less fun than it could be so so maybe but for me that is not really the biggest part of why i'm doing skiing and why so, so for me I, I i haven't felt that that corona had has impacted the season that much and what about you anton how why do you think that so many skiers decided to uh quit or is it just is it pretty normal that it happens after every season no i think uh, i don't see it like that yes pretty normal i think so actually I hope not that the COVID is the, the answer to this. I don't think so. It wasn't that in my case or in Elin's case or in Ivan's case. So, well, I, don't, I don't think that COVID had, had to do something with this. It could be the opposite too, you know, because some skiers couldn't fulfill their potential. Like your teammate, Prita Johansson-Nugren, actually kind of had to step aside uh, due to the, you know, the, uh, you know, kind of the injuries that uh, took place. And now she's back with a vengeance. So maybe some people even felt that you know desire to continue even more uh, strongly. So, uh, but good. Next, we'll uh, talk about the silly season, and we'll uh, find out uh, who's going where, so to speak, uh, what's happening within the teams and the uh, the pro athletes, pro team athletes, and that'll be next for us to go through. Anton and Eivind, let's start with your former team. We're still your team, I guess. I mean, I assume that you guys stay in touch with the uh, Lager 157 ski team. Uh, but a lot is happening within your your old team. Uh, Thea Kruka murdered, Hanna Falk, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, Pritta Johansson Nukren continues. She will be strong next year. Anything you want to share us with in terms of your team and how is it looking right now? It's good to see that they found some new athletes uh, and the, the most exciting part I must say is that it feels like uh, Anton Jernberg, who is the pro team director of the Lager 157, 
he really wants to to uh, to challenge the uh, Ramadan girls and try to uh, try to give them some uh, some uh, some competition with signing Thea and Hanna Falk. And I think that uh, that will be the next level. I think that the Ramadan girls took it to the to the first level, and next year they will have some competition in that. And I hope that they will fight each other like a, a team. And Irvin, what do you think? I mean, Hanna Falk, of course, a strong uh, recruit. I mean, uh, really a strong skier. But how well can she do in long distance skiing? Uh, she has the potential to do to do everything to to win every race. She, she has uh, she has uh, all the the abilities and the strength to 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 fit in uh, really well in the in the circus. So, so I I see the sky's the limit. But uh, you don't know when Petr Eliasson came into into long distance skiing in twenty. Uh, 14, I think maybe uh, the 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 uh, spring of 2014, he hadn't uh, he had done uh, uh, normal traditional uh, cross country skiing and and wasn't seen as a really good uh, double polar. Uh, and then he came in, came in uh, started training for for uh, for long distance skiing and had a really really good uh, development uh, really fast and. But other people coming in uh, with great uh, results from from uh, traditional skiing hasn't had the same development. So so it, it Hanna has to do the work, and she is her she has to uh, uh, do it in the right way. Uh, she has uh, Britta and Anton and many pers- people in uh, in the Lager One Five Seven environment to 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 help her. But uh, but if she does it right, and if her body can cope with the, all the double polling without getting too much injuries and and uh, things like that, she will be really good in the winter, I think. And Thea Kruka-Murud, uh, a strong skier, she pe- performed really well towards the end of the season. She's always uh, also from Norway, uh, just like you, Eivind, uh, mm. in a Swedish team. So you can probably... Sh- sh- Shed some light on 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 the fact that the being a Norwegian in this particular team, will will it go smooth smoothly for her? Yes, 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 no problem. And and I have teached every uh, the old athletes to to understand Norwegian now, so uh, so that that is no problem. Uh, so I think that the, the only thing I see that's a little little struggle now in the beginning, especially is the the. Uh, it's um, the the um, uh, training camps are are in Sweden and and for the for Runar and Thea which are living in Norway, uh, they will have to get, go into quarantine when they are coming back from all these uh, all these uh, training camps. Uh, so that is uh, I I had some of them those last summer, but most of the most of the camps I. I couldn't attend uh, because of Magnus and because it's a bit uh, difficult. But but maybe for Thea and Runar, which are especially Thea, which uh, there she's together with Marcus Johansson on the team, and and so she she would uh, maybe uh, go to Sweden anyway. So so for those uh, ten days in quarantine at home, uh, you can still train, will not be a problem. So uh, except from the quarantine and. 
and uh, those problems around the coronavirus, I, I don't I don't see any. It's no no difference from being in the Swedish team or a Norwegian team. So Anton, Irving uh, just mentioned Runar, uh, uh, interesting name as well, uh, and a good skier. But what do you think that your, as they call it, your team, even if you guys are not racing uh, anymore, uh, your team can bring uh, or offer him that he can develop? I I hope that uh, I I see Runar. Runar is a big talent. He he has proven many years now that he's getting better and better, uh, and I think that. We still have some more potential in him. Uh, I hopefully, hopefully, he can uh, take the the last step with the following Emil Persson and Marcus Johansson all the way to the top. And uh, yeah, I, I really believe that Runa will be a good good skier for Lager 157. Of course, Runa Skalk Mathisen. Uh, then let's move on since we have so many names, so many teams. Uh, an interesting name. Uh, who's moving to another a new team is Tian Hölgard, Team Correra. Let's talk about him a little bit. I mean, definitely one of the greatest skiers. Still haven't won a race, though. And we know he's Vasalopet, you know, uh, uh, stretch five times uh, on the podium uh, in, in a row, actually. Not this season, though. Uh, Stian, a new team. Let's start with you, Anton. Yeah. That will be very exciting to see, and I think that it, I have the feeling that Team Curira is growing strong and uh, really pushing it this year with, uh, of course, recruiting Stian. That's a huge step for Klaus Nils and other guys in Curira. So I think it will be very exciting. I hope they have some more news to share also. Hopefully they will be able to sign some really strong girl. And then uh, there will be a competition for the, the protein, protein competition. So, Irvin, why do you think that Stian hasn't been able to win a race? It's just a luck or what is the, re- what is the reason? Yes, yes. I, I, I think it's luck. It's, I, uh, I, I compare myself a little bit to Stian. Stian has been more on the podium, but, but we have been... Uh, Many times uh, near uh, or or or, uh, or close to the to the victory and to the podium, uh, so so I, I I recognize myself a little bit in him, uh, and I think that um, it's a bit it's about luck. You 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 are five six seven guys able to win races and and uh, Stian is maybe. Uh, on the on the back end of those those guys and and you are <laughs> maybe it sounds a bit uh, harsh but but you are you are you are in when you have a good day you are uh, in need of those other guys that sometimes are better than you having a bad day or bad skis or so so it's a bit about luck Stian if she if he has a really good day good skis on a day which when Andreas Torud uh, uh, Martin Sundby, uh, Emil Persson, uh, Oscar Cardin has a bad day, then he can win. But uh, so, well, if he if he hangs in there long enough, he I think he will he will get the victory at last. But uh, but of course, getting on the podium is also good, and that he has shown that five times in Hasselope, he has been on the podium in Marcia Longa, and he was in the, on the podium in the last race in in Norrfjellsloppet. So 
really strong this year, a strong recruit, and I think uh, he will be really good uh, also next season. What can this uh, new team offer him? Something that he hasn't got from the, from Team Kutang? Uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think maybe it has something to do with Kutang. We have not heard any news about Kutang. Uh, maybe a little bit bad sign that that Hulgor uh, uh, is uh, is uh, going away. Uh, so maybe that is not some part of it. It can be a reason that as a Kutang was not. An possibility, and then he had to go out searching teams, and Kurira made him a good offer. Uh, but I think Kurira has, uh, has um, he has done some research, and he knows that his skis will be taken care of. He knows that there have been strong guys like Klaus and Niklas and Lövgren on the team, which are uh, strong. So, um, so I think. Uh, Uh, he will. Uh, he has. He has done a, a good uh, research, and and that was the best possibility for him to develop as a skier. It's good that you uh, uh, brought that up. You know, Team Kuteng. We don't really know what's going on with them, uh, and there are some rumors that maybe. Maybe Martin Jönsrud uh, Sundbu, who's actually stepping into our arena, that'll be really exciting. Might. Uh, he's putting a team together, and maybe Team Kutang will merge with that. Uh, any news on that, Anton? Have you heard anything else about it? Oh, I haven't heard so much. Only rumors, but hopefully, hopefully they can merge together in something uh, and bringing a really strong team. I mean, if Stian is going away from Kutang, we, we also have the other guys and girls like Sjusta, Chris Jespersen, and we have. Uh, Of course, Emilie Fleten and uh, Astrid Öjslin. What happens to those? And uh, if uh, Sundby tries to co cooperate with them, then we'll have an enormously strong, strong team on the paper. And you mentioned Emilie Fleten as well. A really good, strong performances throughout the season. And we really don't know what's going on with her and the whole, as you said, the whole team. Team Öyvind. Uh, um, what should happen what, what do you think that is the best move for team Kuteng? Uh I I don't think I, I haven't any uh, uh, about the, the sponsor uh, information about the sponsor or or um, or uh, if they have any possibility to continue because but I think that uh, as a, as in general uh, the the Trøndelag region in the middle of Norway is a really strong um, center for cross country skiing and And uh, it is room, uh, uh, and it should be a, a Visma Ski Classics team uh, with the, the center in Trondheim. So it would be a real pity if the team uh, had to had to step down or to quit. Uh, but uh, as it seems, uh, because we haven't heard anything about Chris and And Sjusta and Astri, especially Astri, have just been really quiet. So I I think that they have something, uh, some news that are they are not sharing any yet, and that they are working on things. So um, so I think uh, the team will continue, and that uh, uh, maybe uh, that this is what I'm. Uh, I've uh, thought about this merger between Sunbi and and, um, and 
Niklas Dirag and this team. Niklas is uh, is based in Trondheim. Uh, Sundby, when he uh, did the Birkebeinerrenne uh, some years ago, uh, he did it for United Bakeries, which now are Kuteng. Uh, there are there are some links there, which uh, which uh, maybe seem can can um, can connect uh, those athletes and and as Anton said, that will be really interesting and it would be a really strong team. Speaking of Martin Jonsrusunbu, uh, we know that he is also eyeing on some of the uh, national team members of this uh, maybe skiers who didn't make the national team in Norway. Who could be the good candid- candidates for him to lure? Into uh, into Visma Ski Classics. You have um, you have uh, Didrik Tønset. He is a good candidate. I think he will uh, he will be a possibility for uh, and a good possibility for stepping into into um, uh, his team. Uh, uh, trying to first like Niklas also will do. Try to qualify for the Olympic team, Norwegian Olympic team. Uh, if they not succeed in that, they will change focus and go with the go for the long distance races. So, um, so that is uh, a plan, I think. And then you have Finn Hogenkrog. He's um, he's also kicked out of the um, national team. He had done. He has also done um, Visma Ski Classic races before. He done. He did the uh, Illes Levi a couple of years ago, at least three years ago, maybe. Um, and uh, but he has been confirmed to the to the regional uh, team in the north of Norway, Elon uh, Norge. So I don't think he is a possibility. Then what about uh, Martin himself? How well can he do? We know that he's a strong. He's always been a strong double polar. Uh, he he won uh, Birke Banner and had a tough fight fight against Peter Eliassen uh, way back the first time he uh, tried out in a long distance skiing. But realistically speaking, and this question goes to you, Anton, uh, since you were second <laughs> at Vasalopet, uh, and uh, Vasalopet, that's a bit of a different type of, you know, it's a long distance, kind of kind of a flat course. We wouldn't really call it a flat course per se. Um, for you, someone like uh, Sunbu, how well could, I mean, Björgen did really well, but can he be as strong as, as Björgen? I think it depends a lot on the conditions. And also, we have to have to first have to see how how uh, Martin can uh, continue and uh, be strong throughout the three and the four hour mark. Uh, this year, the conditions were very fast, and we had a winning time of under three and a half hours. And in that case, I think that Martin would have been very strong. But it's a bit different to to race over four hours and longer. Uh, so. And of course, the course being that flat, I don't think that he will have the same advantages with being that strong in the uphills. So that's a bit of a harsh one. But I think the more, the hillier the race is, the, the stronger we will see Martin. I think now Eliasson is gone. And I think that uh, some somehow we will see uh, Martin Jusson be taking his place and being the one in the front, not not afraid to putting up the pace and uh, just going for it. Indeed, uh, you just mentioned Peter Eliasen, uh, who actually quit, you know, finished his uh, career uh, after Ulas Levit uh, 2017, took a year off, came back. 
And there's still a bit of a speculation that he might come back and do at least some races. What do you guys think? Is it completely over for him or will we see his face? You know? I, I read the article on, on vismaskeclassics.com uh, here a day ago, ago, or was it today, about him saying that uh, he he plans on doing, I don't know which races or race, but uh, he will... He will plans to to go some of to do some of the the Vismaski Classics races. So uh, I think we will see him on the starting line uh, again. It's kind of like Austin Pettersen, correct? <laughs> yes, yes, maybe, maybe it can be something like that. Exactly. Uh, moving on, them team Rakteyendom. Of course, that's. Uh, Still a strong uh, team. Uh, it was a bit of a uh, different year for them uh, since they didn't win, uh, you know, the pro team competition. But they've been pretty active uh, on the scene. Uh, not just, uh, uh, we know that, of course, Anders Auckland been extremely active doing all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, extreme uh, challenges. But uh, the team itself, they have... Uh, Several new members. Marit Björgen will continue. We After Vasalope, we didn't really know. Uh, but then she uh, announced that she will definitely do races, about five or so, uh, presumably, uh, next uh, season. We'll talk about her a little bit later. But then a couple new names. Uh, the Martin Malum Johansson. She's a double uh, junior world champion. And then Kasper Stardos and Johan Hurl. Strong skiers. Stados finished 29th at Vasalopet and he was 7th at Tosos and Criterium, 64, and 17th at Orefels Lopet. So really good uh, results there. But Johan Hörl, 2nd at Reisterlöpet in 2019 and on the podium at Tososen uh, this season. Definitely a strong skier, both of them. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Irvin. These Norwegian names, let's start with them here. What do you want to say about them? Oh, they are really strong skiers, all, all three of them. Uh, the first thing I will note about the rugby is that they maybe have changed a little bit their uh, um, uh, focus. Or, or earlier they have uh, signed a lot of stars and have had the on paper the re- the strongest lineup almost every year with uh, with uh, the Petter and. Andreas and, and having having a, a really strong lineup this year. They are losing Petter, uh, and they are not really uh, filling his uh, his place. And they lost Turd the year before that. So, so two of the three stars or really really big stars are gone, and they have not replaced them. So now they have Andreas and 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 Oscar has been been building and. Uh, and uh, they are not uh, going after the big stars, but they are collecting younger uh, athletes that are um, that can can develop. So, and and Kasper, Johan, and uh, Marta is all, all three mm, mm, skiers that can develop and with the great potential in in the Wisma Ski Classics. Uh, you just mentioned the kind of this shift in focus, and you've been in the team before, uh, but they still have two strong skiers. I mean, Andreas Nigor, of course, it was a tough season, but then he returned to form uh, at the end of the season. Uh, and then Oscar Cardin, who I guess, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was a bit of a like you, a support skier uh, uh, in the past, but he 
uh, rose to the occasion and became pretty much a number one skier mm. in the team. Yes, really, really strong. And and he has taken a step. Uh, he took a, he took a step, uh, clear step this season, uh, becoming uh, an all rounder and stronger skier in every every way. So uh, he wasn't outside top seven, I think, all season. So. So that is uh, really, really impressive. And two big, big breakaways. Uh, one that he got really got, got paid well, and one that he in Orfeslop in the last race where he was uh, denied by the by the um, uh, conditions. Uh, but um, but he he is uh, he is really strong, offensive, and uh, and uh, he is like a, a skier that Ragda has developed. Has uh, made uh, made a really strong skier from from a unknown one, and uh, and maybe Yuan, Mark, and Casper uh, can, uh, or at least some of them uh, could go the same road. And also, this team, Demirak Dayendom, they made a, a decision not to focus on on winning their pro team competition uh, this season. Anton, do you think that they're kind of you know just eyeing on what what's happening with them a little bit? Based on the fact that they have new skiers now, and Mari Björgen continues all this, it's a it's a pretty strong team overall. They have now strong uh, female athletes as well. Do you think that they will kind of reshift their focus in in terms of the pro team competition and the, that they want to be number one again? Yeah, of course. I think they will. Uh, they have uh, recruited some really strong skiers, uh, in my belief. Addition to. So Evan's thoughts here, I think that Yuan Hul will be a really strong contender. Uh, going to be, I don't know about his sprinting abilities, but I think he will be up high in the field in almost all the races due, due to his uh, big capacity. And uh, he's already shown that he's, uh, this uh, long race suits him. And then we have uh, Kasper Stados, he's an amazingly good classic sprinter. And I think I think we will see... A really guy who really wants to have that green bib in the in Casper, and I think that will be very fun to see. And uh, I'm also happy to see that I recruited uh, Marte Malam Johansen and further out uh, spreading the field and taking in more new ladies to the tour, which I think is very important. Indeed, that is. Uh, then moving on, more teams that we still. Uh want to cover team Enkong. they have a new name as well and maybe uh even you can talk about or tell us more about this guy tour Geir or Geir uh, sulen hovland and i think he's done yes. really well in the scandinavian cup cup and uh, national uh, nationals but what kind of skier is this based on the your experience or your knowledge yeah, I I don't know him personally, and I I don't have that much knowledge about him. But I can I can read results, and uh, and I see that he has uh, done some really good races in both the Norwegian Cup and the Scandinavian Cup. So uh, he's from he's living in Tromsø, uh, same place as Andreas Nigor. Uh, I know they are training uh, a lot together, and they will probably train even more now. Uh, so he he's learning from from the best in the in the in the field and um, and uh, he has every possibility to 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 develop. So uh, that is uh, really exciting uh, to to have. This is what 
the C class is needs uh, relatively young athletes uh, choosing to to go long distance skiing and to 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 try out uh, this adventure because uh, he many people I, I see here he is what he was um, among others he was in the last Norwegian Cup race in in uh, in Goro this winter he was number thirteen on the fifteen k um, in uh, in Goro and. He is. Uh, he he beat uh, guys like Mattis Stenshagen, uh, which was a national team athlete until this season. Jan Thomas Jensen. Uh, really many strong skiers, um, uh, which he he beat. So there are these guys in in the in the in the area behind the re- or the best skiers uh, taking the step and uh, going long distance skiing is really good to see. So I. I Cross my fingers, and I hope that he will uh, he will do really good. And then we have some teams that are looking for new athletes, uh, new skiers. At least two. I mean, a team uh, stay. I guess everybody's looking, or every team's looking for new skiers. But these ones uh, have at least announced that they are. I mean, the Estonian team, Team Nordic Jobs Worldwide, is actively looking for new skiers. And then Team Stray Kessle announced that they are in the process of signing new athletes, although we don't know the names yet. And supposedly, there's a comeback skier uh, stepping into the ranks as well. Any, have you guys heard anything about these two teams, Estonian team the, uh, or the uh, Kessle? No, I haven't. I... Uh... I haven't heard anything about them. I'm sorry. What about you? Do you have any information or any speculation? Uh, no, uh, but uh, a comeback skier uh, from 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 which nation? Do you know? It's a, the rumors. Is it uh, is it Norwegian or is it Swedish? Or I assume I assume Norwegian, but I don't know for sure. That that's what they said. That they have a, have a comeback skier. That's but they haven't announced any names Siemen, yet. Simon Estensen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dude, have, have you talked to Seaman? Have you talked to Seaman? Seaman did at uh, the 500k with uh, you know uh, Anders Outland. You know he's still yeah. in good shape. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I I heard that he has done. He had a average from 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 when the snow uh, came in the in the in the forest around Oslo, uh, and to the end of the season he had uh, done an average on of 45 kilometers on ski every day. Or uh, that that was his average. So 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 it's not <laughs> it's not uh, uh, he he's training a lot. So uh, but if it's interested in, in skiing again, I don't know. But I I just okay if it's it was a comeback skier, maybe him. I don't know. Could be. That's a good guess. Uh, yes. Then couple names I want to uh, uh, just uh, bring up. Uh, Popimpola. What's happening with him? Do you guys know anything? Uh, because. He was in the uh, System Bauer team, and we'll, we'll talk about it, System Bauer team soon, uh, but that's not a team that's with us anymore. Uh, Bob Imola, what's happening with him? I hope I hope uh, that he f- managed to find a new team, because they, I think he's a profile in Ski Classics. And uh, also, former runner-up of the Vossaloppet 2018, I think. He was second in Vossaloppet, and he's, uh, I think he's a good addition to the tour so i hope for that he can find a new team and continue his career and then uh, ari lusua he's an interesting name definitely top 10 skier uh, twice on the podium uh, finished third 
uh, in the last race, the Orefeles Lopet, the 100K race. He has a team, but uh, he's constantly looking for, and I think he needs a good team in order to uh, improve and be a sort of a constant face on the podium. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It feels like he, he could be one of those uh, diamonds that you can find uh, in, in the smaller teams that could, could do it even better in a, a big team. But uh, hopefully, yeah, it suits going well for him. And uh, I also think that we should... Uh, uh, not all stars going to all the bigger teams, but we think that uh, we have some bigger possibilities in more teams, if you understand what I mean. So, uh, yes. yes, and I also, uh, Ari is really, is really good. Like, like you say that he's, uh, he's a good skier going for a, a Czech team, but he also, also from the from a Finnish uh, point of view, it's it's really good to have a, a Finnish skier uh, doing uh, well. And and uh, for now he's he's the one that are are delivering top tens and and uh, hopefully he can, can continue to do that. So maybe maybe a Finnish team can can uh, can come on the can can start and uh, and, and recruit him to get uh, interest in Finland. Up. Yeah, we have to remember that he represented uh, Team Manpad that then joined with the Nordic athlete, and now they they uh, split again. So let's see what's going to happen happen with the Team Manpad. That could be an option for him for him as well. Speaking of teams, any other news? Uh, we talked about quite a lot about the individual athletes transferring from one team to another. Anything uh, from the team's perspective? Anything you guys have heard? Any new teams stepping in? Any teams splitting? And of course, Ed System Bauer team. We don't have Lucas Bauer's team anymore. But any other news there? Uh, I think that uh, we might see something of a Justina Kovalchuk effect on the tour in in <laughs> in, uh, in next season. I not to say too much, but there might be a new team from Poland coming up. That's an but, interesting one. Yeah, that would be the first pro team from from Poland in that case. Indeed, Irvin, anything you have you heard anything interesting happening no. in the field? No, I don't. Uh, I don't have any big information about any any teams starting. I I know what is uh, I'm wondering a little bit about is is uh, we are talking a lot about girls and to get go to get them into the into the ski classics and I know. Uh, XPMD, uh, the team of Turba Fleardal, uh, they had the plans this season to to um, uh, invite young female athletes uh, to ski uh, Vasaloppe and Birkebeinerenne uh, for them. Uh, uh, Astri Urnolt Jakobsen was supposed to be a mentor and, and they had done some work to, to get this going, but then the coronavirus came and Bikebeinerenne was moved to Sweden and uh, quarantine and everything uh, with that. So, so that was not that didn't happen this year. But but I know the sponsors are really keen on getting more um, more uh, girls into the sport. And and I think uh, it will be interesting to see those uh, the 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 team uh, presentation from from that year. That is actually a good segue uh, to, for us to start talking about. Uh, uh, him as a skier, he, he won Barcelona, and uh, moved from uh, 
uh, uh, team Rakdayan, the big team, to a smaller team, and it seemed to work pretty well uh, for the Rasayya Dalin. Was it? Uh, it seems that it was a good move. Correct. Yes. Yes. Really, really, it's it. Uh, it seemed like it was a good fit, and Tord is really. He like he's uh, re, um, really inventive and likes to, to go his own ways, uh, and and I think that uh, uh, having his own team uh, doing it the way he wants, uh, it's a big motivation for him. And uh, and uh, after several years in Ragda, learning uh, how to how to do things and to get to know the races, I think it was perfect for him to to go go solo and to uh, to try to develop and uh, be better. And also in the training training season, and it gives him a lot of motivation to to, to be. Uh, uh, he is almost forty, so so I think that is to have. Ownership of his own uh, destiny. It's, uh, I think, it's uh, really good for him. And we also talked about uh, Marit Björgen uh, a little bit earlier on, and uh, particularly when we uh, kind of speculated on Matt Junsu-Sunbu's chances. Well, we know how uh, well Björgen did at Vasalop at second, uh, 40 seconds behind Lina Koskren, and now she has announced that she will do pretty much a full season, at least five five races. What is the? This goes to the both of you guys. What is the importance of of someone like Marit and also Martin uh, when they stepping into this arena? Big, probably one of the biggest names. Marit is the biggest name, at least in terms of the Olympic medals. The biggest, for, the great greatest Olympic uh, winter athlete, actually. So yeah, for Visma Ski Classics and long distance skiing. Yes, for, for Martin uh, Martin Stell, uh, Anton, you you touched about in, the, and I think that. The importance of Martin going into the tour cannot be underestimated, because uh, when we had Peter Liasen on the peak level, uh, I think he was able to dictate the race. He was he, he could he could splinter the field in in the uphills. He could uh, he could uh, uh, um, really decide who were going to win. Uh, and I think maybe this season, when Petter wasn't at his best, uh, Tour is not the skier usually uh, exploding the field. Uh, Mokneide Pedersen is he's trying, but he's not quite on the same level. So, so you had really as a for for Emil Passion, which which won obviously. He he maybe uh, could um, uh, get a little bit free for that because nobody was strong enough to 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 go away from everyone. So. Almost all the races ended up in sprints with uh, with uh, five to twenty guys. So uh, I think that Martin has the possibility if he is good enough to to really do what Petter did in his best days, exploding the field, uh, getting rid of the sprinters, um, and then really put his mark on the on the whole tour. So, so that will be really interesting to see. What about Marit? Could she do the same? Yes, Anton, I don't know what do you think about Marit. Yeah, I think, I think uh, I remember watching uh, Vasalopadin afterhand, and then I think that Marit looked super strong in the uphills, which surprised me a lot because I know she's a super powerful woman in the, and she's super strong in all her upper body, but it's a bit different 
when you're not used to double pony uphill and she was really strong and I'm really eager to see what she can do in the uphills with one more summer of uh, double pony training. I think that could be very, 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 very good actually. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, to answer the question, I think that it's very important for the whole tour that uh, Martin and uh, Marit is coming in. I think I think that it will grow, growing the uh, the tour, especially in Norway, of course. I think that uh, it's getting a lot bigger here in Sweden as well, and hopefully we can get more of those big stars into into our our tour eventually from all countries, not just Norway. And before we move on, and our next topic will be the uh, the summer training and summer and what the teams usually do over the summer. But I have pointed out a couple of times now the Ed System Bauer team. I have talked about that a little bit. Uh, Lucas Bauer's team, unfortunately, that's probably the biggest biggest team or the biggest name that's not with with us uh, anymore. So what do you think? What is the kind of the impact of, of this particular team stepping aside? It's uh, yeah. the most impact now is is uh, is what are the skiers going to do? Skiers like we talked about Bob Impola, uh, Alexis, Sandro, uh, and all, Katarina is, Smutna is obviously uh, retiring, but, but uh, where are those guys going? Um, Excuse me if I'm wrong, Evan, but Alexis is already yes. he's racing for Decathlon experience. Yes, right? that's true. He's yes. he's in a he's in a French French team just like Roxanne. But yes, but, I, I talked about it. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it uh, when I said it. <laughs> Alexis was it. Yes, but okay. Anyway, uh, the skiers, where are they going? And and uh, and what are um, what are they doing? Is the is it filling up other teams? Are they getting? Are they coming another check? Team maybe to 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 fill the place. Uh, in the longer term, uh, it's it's sad to see that uh, that the team are folding because it it is uh, we, we want uh, our sport to be uh, multinational and to to have teams in uh, in several different countries and and strong uh, profiles like Lucas was for for um, uh, promoting the 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 long distance skiing. So. So that is uh, that is sad, and I, I hope that the the place will be filled. I uh, just we we'll have to see the pro team registrations will open up at first of June. So after that, we'll have some new answers, I think. Uh, before we move on, is there anything you guys would love to see taking place? Any we speculated on a little bit of uh, the team Kutang and uh, they merging into a Sunboost team and so forth, but anything. In terms of the silly season, because there's so much happening, so many rumors, uh, uh, we heard he, hearing lots of stuff through the grapevine. But anything you'd like to see? Anything you are expecting to happen? No, but I was starting to thinking about our uh, like uh, what happens to some major cross-country stars from the World Cup that is starting to get a little bit older, like uh, thinking about Dario Colonia and uh, so on. But of course, they will focus on the Olympics, maybe. But uh, there are still some some of them there that I think will have a really good time in ski classics. What do you say, Evin? Uh, 
Yes, really interesting. Uh, he, uh, Dario is uh, 35, 36, and and uh, I think after the Olympics, it's a really good chance that uh, maybe some of the some of the, um, the uh, traditional skiers maybe can can change. But but you, if they will change it, they they will have team. We we must have teams to to take to take them with them and to have the economy and the uh, the professionalism to 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 attract those skiers. So uh, so hopefully they will. Uh, it will be a possibility to see several of the of the um, traditional skiers um, taking a year or two or three or four in the in the Mismasi Classics at the end of their careers. So it seems that Björgens and Sinbu's uh, example is inspiring other skiers. At least we hope that that could be the case after the the, uh, the Olympic year. So come 2023, 20, uh, we may see some some action taking their place in terms of uh, World Cup skiers or, the, as you said, traditional skiers stepping into the long-distance uh, arena. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, but now the next we'll talk about the summer and the summer training and uh, what the teams usually do over the summer. So Anton and Eivin, this is kind of the transitional period. The winter's over, the season's uh, past us, uh, and all the skiers are getting ready, pretty much started the uh, training season, and uh, the summer's coming and the training camps. But could you shed some light on what, I mean, team line, we all know that your team has been really active in terms of training camps and so forth. But what is sort of a usual summer schedule for a pro team? Yeah, it, first of all, uh, every, every skier takes a bit of time off uh, in the later part of April and almost all of June. It's not that really, no big volume training and not so much intervals, just trying to, first of all, evaluate the season that has already passed and what to do different to, during the summer to become extra stronger for the next season. Uh, and then of course you have to start, start a little bit passive and don't go too hard from the beginning, uh, especially not taking uh, <clears throat> any in injuries or illness or something. I remember always uh, that Eivind uh, always used to say that on the team that uh, first of all you have to be healthy and then you have to have no injuries and no sickness and then you can think about being in good shape. So uh, I think it, that says a lot on, on how you should do uh, during the, the summer camps. And uh, Lager 1.7 is already starting their camp, but I think that's that's not training-wise. That's mostly building the building the brand and building some content for to not have any dead dead months on the the social media channels and so on. So when you guys were active, how did you start your summer training, and what elements did you sort of incorporate into your training schedules? For my uh, for my uh, my training was was quite uh, I like to start quite uh, like like Anton said quite uh, easy with not too much intervals but uh, try to get the 
uh, get used to the running. It's often a bit. Uh, it can be a bit harsh, harsh for the for the muscles in the in the legs uh, at the, in the start uh, to get uh, getting the the metal p- uh, pigs on the on the roller skis to get the roller skis out rolling uh, to get. Uh, Used to every every new uh, environment you are uh, you are training in, um, and then it's uh, just to start training. It's 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 not it's you don't have to complicate complicate things so much. So uh, if you are uh, you are you have a plan and you you follow the plan and, and the plan is usually not that much hard in the in the beginning and then uh, and then uh, gradually. Uh, stepping up the 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 intensity of uh, in the training uh, during towards the summer and and even more to the, to the autumn. Yeah, and I also like to see it like a big big triangle where the start is from the bottom and you try to build a, a solid base that you can stand on. So we have. Of course, beginning to see if you have some minor injuries, if that you do your rehab training and so on, and then we step up step by step during the longer the summer and the more into the autumn and closer to the season as you get more more specific training as longer you get there and more even more harder training as well. But uh, in the beginning, I'm training in running, roller skiing, cycling, even swimming and kayaking and so on from the beginning and mostly just uh, keeping the body going and building a base, so to say. What would you say that are the most important elements for, for an athlete, for a skier to do over the, over the summer? Because I know, I know there are many enthusiastic uh, skiers out there listening to, uh, to our podcast starting the Trilen training season wondering what you guys pro team athletes usually do so any kind of tips that you can give to them mostly for me it's about preparing for the autumn training so you know what you're going to do in in the autumn in in terms of uh, what intervals i want to do and how hard are you going to be and what the, uh, how much of them and so on and before that Mostly from my from my perspective, it's May, June, July, maybe a bit into August, and then I take normally take some weeks uh, not off, but just trying to cope with that, and then I step into the autumn training. And the summer training is just a build-up period for for uh, the body to to adapt, and then it will has the chance to adapt even further if you're doing the things right in the summer. So I don't think that you should pull uh, and push full gas from May to to December, if you see what I mean. Just build a base and that's what we're going to stand on on the autumn training. And the autumn training is going to be the hard one. And then Irving, what could be the pitfalls of a summer training? What are the things that one needs to pay a close attention to, just to avoid? doing if if you're if you're a pro, pro team athlete i think uh maybe it's, it's one risk is to overdo it uh to 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 train too much to to get uh, uh to go into the autumn and, and feeling tired uh but you also have to 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 weigh that up against uh trying to develop because you have now we are may uh 
uh, June, July, August, uh, September. It's it's five months here when where you try to develop to become a better skier. Uh, it's half a year. You you think that yes, it's maybe off season or we are not competing, but but now you have half a year trying to become a better skier. Uh, so of course you cannot just uh, not uh, develop or not train hard. You so the fi- finding the balance between not overdoing it and and at least and also uh, develop as a skier. Uh, that is the important for a pro a pro team athlete. Uh, for for a recreational skier or for something, uh, someone that are not uh, that serious in uh, that, that hasn't that doesn't have it uh, as a primary work. I think. You should use the summer here to to do things that you are uh, you find fun. Uh, not uh, if you if you hate doing intervals or if you hate doing uh, uh, some long hours on roller ski roller skiers. You, you you do it on your bike instead, or run, or, or or try to have fun. Try not to use up all the all the your motivation uh, because in September, October, November it's it's darker outside, it's colder, it's, it's usually more harder to go out uh, go outside. So so try to to have the motivation for for that period. And you mentioned roller skiing, uh, which is of course the closest thing to uh, to skiing on snow and a very important training method for everybody for pro team athletes, but also for uh, recreational skiers as well. But speaking of that, how much should one do roller skiing? What's the kind of the ratio there? I know that some skiers uh, tend to do quite a lot of roller skiing, some a little less. Uh, Max Novak, for example, when uh, I did a podcast with him last year, he said that he pretty much roller skis almost every day. Uh, uh, but Anton, what do you think? How many, which, what, what, what was the ratio for you when you were actively uh, training? Yeah, I think uh, I uh, last summer I, th- I uh, worked my way up to do about 60% of uh, my training time in uh, double poling on roller skiing. Uh, that depended a lot through the weeks and I also had these uh, back issues to take care of but uh, I aimed for about two-thirds or uh, yeah of uh, 60 65 percent of, of roller skiing in uh, double polling but then I also had some skating sessions uh, also in addition to that so uh, mostly but uh, that what you can say it is uh, it's not like uh, so much running that I did 20 or 30 years ago it's more roller skiing now than it was then do you change wheels? Do you have different type of wheels, faster, slower? Uh, uh, I used to alternate between uh, number four and number three, actually. Not so much on number twos. And then what about you, Evan? For yes, the same. Yes, the same. I, I, I did, uh, had 70%, I think, uh, about 70% uh, double polling. Uh, roller skis. Oh, I did all, of, all, all. All my roller ski was double poly. Uh, it's re- it's it's really different. I think somebody, someone, uh, is uh, is uh, have a good development to find it easier to do some skating or do some intervals with with the kick. Uh, 
Mm, but um, uh, I think uh, that's uh, doing. Uh, I, I personally did had had almost all my sessions uh, only double polling and and seventy percent of the of the total training. And then what about the training camps? We talked about that a little bit, uh, but kind of the importance of those, of course, building up the kind of the team spirit, but training wise. Uh, you have to, you have to remember that the training camps is normally about uh, 30, 30 or 40 days a year. So it's only like 10%. So of course it matters, but what matters the most is what you do in between the camps and the camps could be seen like a big block of training and that might be something that you have to do you have to make some new new uh, what's to say new new things for the body and forcing it to adapt and uh, keep on adapting so you don't get uh, yeah you understand what i mean but you have to fill out some new new criteria for the body you have to push for the body mm. yeah for the bell of it Developing it. That is actually a good point. Uh, kind of because you guys and uh, pretty much everyone else been in the business for so long. You guys quit, but still for so many years that it may become a bit difficult to find new methods to change your training. And then again, it's always important that you uh, find a new ways of doing things. Uh, so what should pro team athletes and think about i mean how because it's not that easy to change the training and it's easy to say that yeah i'm going to change and uh but when it comes to that it's like okay what should i do and is this okay and this is is this a good training how much should i change you know from endurance to intervals and sprints and stuff like that so how do you do it well i mean what are the steps first of all you have to evaluate and see what you have done and keeping Keeping uh, a data of what you're doing and filling out some uh, training training diary or something so you, you actually can see what you have done and what you want to do. Uh, and then I always lived uh, by the, the quote that nothing changes if nothing changes regarding the training. And then you have to test your own way. It, and for some people, it takes a long time uh, to, to do that. And figure out what works for you but then also you have to think that if you figure out something that works for you one way one year it, it, it it's not a like a, it hasn't it's not uh, it's not it's not a long period to change something it might is that what you no, yeah exactly but uh, if it goes well with this training one year it's not uh, the next year might be different, I think. So, Irvin, I'm just saying that uh, you should evaluate yourself after a season. But then again, do you feel that maybe sometimes just to taking a leap of faith and doing something <laughs> really bold? Could... Uh, yes, that, yes, that is. Uh, but I think we are different as skiers. Uh, some of us are really uh, getting triggered or motivated really by, by changing something that uh, they are they are uh, doing something and, and maybe it doesn't really 
it's, it is not that the, the the change that are doing the difference, but but they get some some uh, focus on this. So it's, or if it's strength training, or or is it, if it's sprints, or if it's uh, doing like we have heard, Clabo uh, is out uh, ten hours in uh, training ten hours a day, two hour two sessions of five hours, and you are. Uh, you are you are doing some extremes that that really mot- motivates you, but but in the great scheme of things, it doesn't change anything. Uh, and other athletes are are more familiar or or does not want to change things that much, and then are comfortable with doing what they know and have they their regular sessions on 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 the treadmill or on the skiarig or or in the hills by, by outside their house. And taking the time, uh, or also it can be things that changed in your life, like like me getting last year. I was uh, Magnus was born in August, and and I had to change some things uh, in because in August he came, and I I didn't have that much uh, another person that came into my life and and that needed my attention, and the, therefore I had to change a little bit in the in the plan because uh, or it can be that you change your job or that you're changing your team or you have the training camps or you are going to altitude. It's, 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 it's many things that you have to, and this is what is difficult. And, and you have to think, uh, think through this, these uh, things if you're uh, professional athletes. And that, that is what I think many are doing in, in these days. There's also been uh, some discussion uh, regarding the training once or twice a day. And it seems to me that based on the podcast that I've done and uh, talking to you guys, that many prefer the once a day uh, sort of a format. What, and then again, World Cup skiers usually tend to go twice a day, two different uh, trainings within a day. Yeah, I think that that also has to do a lot with the fact that if you're a cross-country traditional skier, you have like five, six different uh, techniques in uh, both in skating and in classic so you have to do like several sessions to be able to to exercise and train in all the all the techniques main but we we in the long distance skiing mostly train in uh, on double polling so it's easier to just uh, do it in one long session anything uh, you want to add Eben? From yeah, your perspective, no, it's, uh, yes, I think that is much uh, the, the biggest reason. And also, uh, you we have learned we are working as a long distance here. Both we have we are like Anton says, we have uh, not that much um, uh, difference in technique. Technique, the double polling is, is what we do, and also about the distance that we are doing long distance. Uh, usually, the competitions are about two hours at least. and and taking some inspiration from the cycling community and and uh, and what they are doing and, and there there are there are there are much one uh, one session and and uh, I think that has been some uh, has been some motive, uh, inspiration for for the for uh, for our uh, our training also. So we all agree that summer training is important. That is when you build your base and so forth. But before we wrap up, the kind of the last part of this podcast is looking into the future and our immediate future is, of course, the next season. So we'll talk about that next. 
So Anton and Irving, uh, this last season is now behind us. It was an interesting season. I'm really happy that we were able to carry on and had a season. Uh, and But now it's looking quite positive in terms of the next season. Hopefully the whole world will be vaccinated and the, the COVID, you know, the pandemic will be over, at least somewhat over. So we're returning to the, the new normal. Uh, speaking of that, what are you guys expecting or hoping to see come uh, the the winter 2022? I think that, um, first of all, I would like to thank Visma Classics and, and everyone behind it for for delivering a season in 2021, 2021 that was so good and uh so close to normal as we can get it uh, in under these circumstances. So that was uh, really impressive and, and really good for for us uh, athletes. Um, and uh, for 2022, my, I I hope that like you say, uh, Temu, that this uh, this uh, Corona pandemic is is uh, is over and that we can have a normal winter without uh, without all this restrictions and quarantines and testing and uh, things like that so that is my that is what I hope the most uh, and then uh, I hope to see that we can do Birkebeineren uh, again it's been three years now since uh, two, two and a half years and it will be three years uh, without it so uh, that is um, uh, that is something I looking forward to and hope to see uh, next winter. And you, Anton? Yeah, same for me. The, the last part of the season that we haven't seen now in two years of time. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see some new new uh, destinations as well. I'm actually working on setting the calendar with Caroline and uh, David. So, so uh, it, it looks promising and I think it will be a very nice season. And uh, I'm also very happy, as I even said, that we managed to get a really good season last year, despite the COVID. But uh, I think everyone did an amazing job and I, they should be really proud of themselves. And now based on uh, all the stuff that we talked about today, all these changes taking place uh, within the teams, what kind of a year are you expecting to see uh, sports-wise? Uh, like I, thought, I uh, said uh, uh, before with Sundby, I hope to see Martin Sundby in a really good shape and, and, and being able to, to uh, or, or somebody else. Uh, but I'm excited to see him into the tour and I, I think that he can, he can play a big part in, in, in shaping the races. So that will, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to, to see what uh, Britta and uh, Astrid and all the new girls has to come up with uh, against uh, Lina after her very impressive season. And I think that the women's class will take one more step this year, as I said last, uh, a time ago. And also, I assume that we will see the return of the masses as well, meaning that these races that took place this year, most of them uh, were, of course, without any re recreational skiers. Just you guys, elite skiers, racing against each other. 
and assuming that they will have a chance to participate once again, that is a big step back to the normal, which will, of course, affect yes, the overall that, scene. That is with Musky Classics also, amateurs and elite on this same starting grid. So we're looking forward to that. Anything else you want to uh, say, Irvin, in terms of no, the next no. season? Anything you think will be different? Mm, no, I, I'm, I, it will be really different not to be competing myself. That is, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm curious to see how my uh, my own body will will react and how my uh, how how much if it if I manage to see the races as and enjoy them or if I'm sad that I'm not there competing myself and and uh, that is uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, from my my own personal perspective. But uh, I always enjoy good racing and I've, I'm convinced that it will uh, that uh, it will be that uh, next season and. Uh, and uh, but before before that we have a summer and autumn and a long way to go. Now uh, now it's time to, for the the everybody to train and then we'll uh, we'll uh, have a good season next year. Let's have a bit of a guessing game uh, before we wrap up. Uh, who do you think will win both in, in the men's and in the women's uh, categories the champion the title next season? Uh, I, I was challenged to do this uh, in the podcast in Wasserbotten, and, and I I had to I have to stay with the same uh, same names. And I, I in the that podcast I said Lena Korsgren uh, in the women's competition and Emil Persson in the men's competition. So I think they will uh, defend their jerseys, both of them. And you, Anton? Ooh. Actually, I want to say the same as uh, I even did, but I, I think it it will not be so much competition then. But so I will say it a bit different. But I think that uh, Lena will will again win again, but it will will be very tight. Uh, and of course, I'm cheering for Emil, but uh, I think that uh, Andreas Nygård is very very eager to get back and show his potential in the tour once again. And then a number one team, pro team, next year. Uh, uh, I, I think that uh, uh, I think uh, Lager One Five Seven will uh, take it home next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have no alternative. I think. <laughs> Yeah, you have to say cheering, that. Cheering both, for my guys. <laughs> both of you have to say that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, who could be the biggest surprise? Hmm. I think, uh, oh, now it's not much longer 157, but I actually think this. And that will be Eddie Edström, new signing of Lager 157. And also Team Encon's Hovland guy that we talked about earlier. I think those two will be very good. Great and I think yes, and, and I think uh, I think that um, uh, Johan Hull, uh, he has, as you said, Tebe proved himself before, but uh, I think he will um, he will be uh, able to uh, take the last step and uh, maybe compete in the uh, with the with the best constantly and uh, maybe going for the climbing bib or podium in the in the champion competition. 
great names. And as a last question before I uh, let you go, is now when you look back, and we talked about the kind of this transitional period for you guys that you have been feeling a bit sad, and Anton, you kind of the same, a little bit of, you know, it, it'll be different for you guys. But now when you look back and kind of think about your careers, what are the greatest, not just a moment, but something that you remember fondly of? Oh, I, I think I have to say that uh, battle I had uh, one of my first Wismanski Classics races when I tried to get some points to do a pro team competition. And my, uh, my job was to take as many green points as possible at the race lap. And then I think me and Andreas Nygård had this fight for almost one kilometer, it felt like. And that was one, truly one memory that I will bring with me all my life. And you, Evin? Difficult uh, question, but I I must say that the third place I had in in Yugoslavia, uh, finally getting on the podium, uh, is my best uh, uh, best experience. That together with uh, Levi the year before, when we were four teammates going together in tw- for twenty kilometers. Uh, so I have my my best uh, memories from uh, Levi. And finally, what is the thing that you miss the most from your career? Anton first. Yeah, the, the atmosphere in, in the team. Uh, like uh, we're doing this together and uh, I'm, I am and I will always be a team player. And I will miss that being a part, part of a team. Uh, and, and I will, I think I will miss... Um, or I, I hope I can find the replacement, but but that going outside and having this this really strong motivation and, and purpose with with what you do, uh, uh, I, I, to, to have this drive to, to go out each every day and, and work towards something uh, that I hope I will find, uh, and also the the freedom the freedom with the of, of this life it's, it's really good you like I say I, I used to say that you have uh, all always uh, you are you are always on job and you are you are always free because you are you can do whatever you want but you know that it is it uh, it will if you are doing something uh, uh, other than training and resting it will uh, go out uh, it will um, be, um, uh, have consequences for the races and and uh, to find the to have this this freedom to 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 do everything and to 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 be able to have this purpose in in, in life a strong purpose so uh, that is uh, something I will miss. But hey, you may come back, Evan. You know that's what you said when we yeah, started out. So yeah, maybe you get back, and you know you don't have to miss that anymore. <laughs> well, hopefully, I, my work will will give me this. Uh, purpose in life uh, fulfilled and, and Magnus will give it to me so uh, I, I, I don't think uh, I will be that uh, uh, it, it will come you will be motivated you know Magnus will take a lot of time yeah. and it's, it's great to see see uh, uh, raise your child and see someone growing up and it's uh, it's the wonder of life of course of course, of course. the greatest thing you can, uh, you, can uh, you can do exactly thank you very much guys thank you Anton and Irvin once again and uh, 
I wish you all the all the best and have a great summer and of course we'll see each other and we will always be uh, in the sport one way or another. Uh, so thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you folks out there, thank you for listening once again. And indeed, uh, there's a great summer coming up. Uh, more stuff is happening all the time. So stick around, stay tuned. More podcasts, uh, of course, a lot of articles, stuff uh, that you can read about on our site. So stick around, as I said, and have a good summer. Keep training and see you guys soon. Bye bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.